Valeria Elliott, thanks you so much for being here. I didn't mess up your name. I messed up the word thank. <laughs> <laughs> you did good. You said it right. Thank Valeria, you. Valeria, thank you. Okay, well, it is so good to meet you. And I'm really excited for you to share your story with us. It's an interesting story, but you tell stories so well. So please let Persistence You listeners and viewers on YouTube Tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Okay. Well, my name is, she said it correctly, Valeria, but I'm also better known as Miss V, the storyteller. And what I do is I use my voice now because I lost my voice, but I use my voice now to help women entrepreneurs to find their story, to craft their story and use it in their business. Because storytelling is such a great tool that we need to utilize it in our business. So I help them to find that story. And then what I also help them to do is find them, help them to find their voices back. Because women lose their voices in so many different areas of their lives and they're not even aware of it. So I help them to go back and find that story of who made them the most fabulous person they are today. And we then I teach them how to use it in their business to make connections and to build trust between clients and all that. So that's what I do. I have a podcast. I have women come on the podcast and we share stories about things that have happened to us and how we overcome how we overcame those um, things in our lives in hopes that anyone out there listening that has gone through something, that's going through something, they have women that's sitting before them that's been through it. And now they have tools to use for themselves to come out of it. So I just, I'm a storyteller. I help people find their stories and I help people to heal from their past through their stories. I love it. And speaking of like before you became the storyteller, how tell us about the story behind the story. Like what made you realize having a voice is so important? Ooh. So when I was six years old, I was raising a family, my mom and dad, and it's uh, four of us, two girls and a boy. And I'm the middle child. I'm number three. And apparently I was the more timid child. My dad was a yeller. So he used to yell all the time and it would bother me when he would yell. So one day he was yelling at me and I don't know what it was, what I did, what was going on. And he was just yelling at me and I'm standing in the hallway and I'm looking up at this man, looking down at me and he's just yelling at me. And in that moment, I said to myself, do not say a word, be quiet, don't open your mouth. And I didn't. My dad looked down at me and he stopped yelling and he just walked away. And I don't know what it was because in the past I would like, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. I would, but I didn't say anything. And I don't think he knew how to react or respond to me. So he kind of like walked away where in a six-year-old mind, this worked. And that was the beginning of me losing my voice because I'm six. I didn't get into trouble. He stopped yelling. So, hey, this is a win-win. So progressively, I stopped talking in my house. You know, I didn't really say anything. You know, I would be in the house playing by myself and nobody would know I was in the house. So because it was working for the most part in my home, let's try it in school. 
I'm in school. I'm not saying anything. I'm not getting in trouble. This is great. You know, my mom would get note home saying from a teacher asking her, you know, telling her that her daughter needs to speak up more in class, you know, to engage more in class. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, this is fine because I'm not getting a letter home like my sister saying I'm talking too much. You know, right. that, you know, I'm being disruptive in class because I'm talking too much. So not talking at all. That was no bad note for me. It was fine. But then it went on to middle school and everybody that's been in middle school, you know, they mean middle right. school can be a very difficult time. And I came in the world fluffy. I use the word fluffy and not fat because fat is mean. When I say fluffy, it makes you smile. So <laughs> I was fluffy and now I'm shy. I'm not talking and, you know, the joking and talking about me and, um, you know, mistreating me was beginning, but I was progressively losing more and more, not only my voice, but myself. And by the time I got to high school, I wasn't really talking that much at all. And that's where I got physically bullied. And ironically, that was the one time that I chose to speak up. Right. And then I got physically bullied. So that was like one of those stamps. See, you open your mouth and you see what happened. He put his hands on you and now you're being bullied because you open your mouth. So I went back to I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to say anything. And then I'm thinking, OK, great. When I get into adulthood, I'm finished with school. I graduated. I'm going into the world. It's going to be a lot better. They're going to be nice to me. Nobody's going to bully me, mistreat me. And the adults were worse. They were worse than the classmates because adults can be mean. When I would walk by, men would joke me and talk about my way out loud. And, you know, you're mute. You never say anything and just just mean to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're just as bad, you know, as kids in school. So I became a Christian at 23 and I was tired. I had enough. And I said, God. I cannot continue allowing people to mistreat me. And by that time, I had no self-esteem. People talk about low. Let's replace that word with no. I had no self-esteem. I felt like what I had to say was not important. So why even open my mouth? Because people would cut across me, you know, or my voice became so soft that you couldn't even hear me because it was fear behind my voice, behind me saying anything because I'm fearful of how you're going to react or respond to it. So I wouldn't say anything. And God gave me my voice back, but not in the best of ways, because what happened was those 18 years of not talking, Uh I turned into those people who mistreated me because that's what I encountered for so long. I became a cusser outer. That's what I call her. I would cuss you out. I was going to get you before you got me. And I was like, that's it. No more the quiet. This That little girl, she's gone. You got a different person. What you're not going to do is mistreat me. You're not going to cut cross me. You're not going to bully me anymore. But it was horrible because I was so angry. And I was like on the defense. I would just jump on you to cut you off before you even had the opportunity. And one day I was at a football game. And I'm telling you, God literally shut down the entire stadium just so that I could hear myself talking to this man. I was cussing this man out. I was going in on him and I had never heard myself before. And in that moment I said, Oh my God, 
I am now a bully. I am now the people who mistreated me. And I was so upset. By the time I got to my car, I literally turned into a full-blown, I call it Oprah ugly cry. I mean, I was sobbing. My heart was hurting because I'm like, oh my God, all the pain you went through and now you're treating people like they treated you. Oh no. I got home. I went back on my knees and I said, Lord, please help me to get a medium. I cannot continue being a Christian and being a cusser outer. That doesn't even sound right, but I definitely don't want to go back to the silent person who didn't talk. So please help me to find some kind of balance. Now, I'm not going to say I'm 50-50 because we're human. You catch any of us (laughs) on a bad day and no telling what will fly out of our mouths. However, I do make a conscious effort to make sure that I do not cuss people out or I do not lose my voice. I season my words. If I need to take a pause, go to the bathroom, pull myself together and come back and address it. I allow myself to use my voice, but I try to use it in a way that people will receive what I said, even if they don't like it. If we're having a disagreement, I want you to receive what I'm saying in a way that is loving out of loving and compassion instead of hate and hurt. So that's what I do. And then you heard in my, when I shared about myself, then I became, God wanted me to be a storyteller. I became a storyteller. Then God said, I want you to have a podcast. I had a podcast. Then he said, I want you to have people on the show. And now I want you to help women. So that is my story. I love it. That is fantastic. And it's a great testament to the fact that if we try to suppress our anger and our upset, it doesn't go anywhere it's all there. And then one day Pandora's box opens and it can fly out with interest. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. It's kind of like you're just, you're building up, you know, it's so much getting you build it up. And then the next thing you do, you just snap because you've had enough. And that is what happens when you silence yourself, when you silence your voice, you are absorbing, you're taking all that negativity in and it's doing more harm. You get stressed out. You can have a heart attack because all of that stuff that's in you, that is why it's so powerful and it's so important that you use your voice and not allow your husband, your children, the boss on your job, yourself, or anyone to make you lose your voice. Keep your voice, but learn how to use it in a positive way. I like that. And it takes a lot of self-soothing If you come from an environment and like you spoke about, you know, having someone who is a shouter, it might not bother all kids to the point that it bothered you, but some of us can't take that. We just cannot. And so, you know, if you've, I talked to other women who've been in volatile relationships with their intimate partner, sometimes their spouse, if you are always walking on eggshells and then mm-hmm. finally you're not, you're still left with a bunch of suppressed anger. And so I do remember when I was a young single mom and just me losing it at KB Toys. I remember a toy store. I had my little kids with me and they wanted to buy something that I had no money for. And instead of me managing that, I just lost it with the clerk who had nothing to do with my problems. Mm-hmm. It the safest target there. And I had a friend who was with me who let me know it didn't matter what had happened to me that created that volcanic eruption. It should never become someone else's problem. 
Right. And very helpful. Very helpful. Because if I had a friend who said, you know, you're under so much stress, it's okay. You know, don't beat yourself up. It might have lasted longer, but the truth is we want to like ourselves and we can't if we're exploding onto others. Yeah. And the thing about it is once you have your voice, honestly, I mean, we have to be 100 with ourselves. There are times when we're going to, you know, lash out, you know, because we're humans and we deal with humans and there are humans out there that have a gift to push on your (laughs) last nerve. They are like anointed. They are gifted in getting on people's nerves and we have to deal with them. But the thing I say about it is give yourself some grace. If there is a situation like with the lady, you know, you it wasn't her fault, but it just happened. You just had right. had it. Circle back, ma'am. I am so sorry. I took it out on you. I apologize. Yes. It's it, it's not you. I'm just going through a lot. Please forgive me and accept my apology. And that way you fix it. And then you don't have to carry the burden of I just went off on this lady and you walk out the store and now you're carrying that burden with you. Right. No, let that stuff stay in the store, fix it and go. And I'll share what happened to me one day. I was taking my mother to the doctor and uh, my mother was mad because she didn't want to walk. And so she wanted me to get a wheelchair. It was a whole bunch of just stuff going on with us. So by the time I got to the um, into the hospital because she needed to get a test done, I was on 10. I was frustrated with my mom, trying to get her in the wheelchair, park in the car, come back in. And then, you know, the, the the lady at the front desk frustrated me. So it was a lot going on. By the time I got in, I'm thinking that my mom is late for her appointment. I don't want her to miss it because that means I have to go through all of this all over again because we have to reschedule the appointment. So I was very short with the lady. I was short with her. I wasn't as nice as I should be. I was like, look, I'm trying to make sure that my mother doesn't miss her appointment. Can we just do this later? Da, 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 da. I went and I sat down and I was like, oh God, Valeria. That lady had nothing to do with you running, you know, with your mom. That has to do with her, you know, the issues with your mom, whatever, whatever. I got up out of my chair and I went back to her and I said, ma'am, I am so sorry. I said, it was not your fault. I apologize. I said, man, my mom had some issues trying to get in her in the wheelchair, trying to get in. The lady at the front desk frustrated me. I am so sorry. And I took it out of you. So will you please accept my apology? I'm so sorry. This is what I couldn't believe. The lady looked at, looked up at me and she said, oh my God, nobody has ever done that before. Oh. No one has ever come back and apologized to me. She said, thank you so much for doing that. I, I, I just can't believe it. And I said, I was wrong. And I'm so sorry for taking it out on you. And she said, thank you so much for doing that. And so it was not only a moment for her, but it was also a moment for me. And there was another time I went back and I was hunting this lady down because I needed to apologize with to her. And I told her coworker, she had gone to lunch. And I said, would you please tell her that I am so sorry for the way that I treated her? It wasn't her fault. And he was shocked. He said, I'm sorry, man. What did you just say? <laughs> and I repeated myself. <laughs> you know, I repeated myself to him. Right. So I'm sharing these, you know, these little stories with you to let you know that you're going to mess up. It's okay. We're human. As long mm-hmm. as you go back and you fix it. And that way you don't have to carry the burden of when you get home and you kind of, you know, decompress and you're like, heck, I was so nasty to that woman. 
or I was so mean to him. I didn't have to be that way. And just go back and just fix it so that you can move on. So cut yourself some grace with your children. We going to go off on them because children have a gift too of getting on that last nerve <laughs> or pushing that nerve. They're gifted. When they come to the world, they're gifted. But if you go off, it's okay to go back and apologize. You're showing your child that it's okay that you're human. You make mistakes. And it's teaching them as well. When they mess up, they need to apologize. But you also need to address whatever the behavior was. Sometimes when we get so guilty or we feel so bad we let the behavior go but it was the behavior that pushed us <laughs> to that point so right. we need to apologize for how we handle the situation in the moment but we also need to address the issue so it won't happen again when we're in the store if mommy said that she doesn't have the money that means that i don't have the money right now i'm not saying that you're not going to get it but that means that I can't get it right now. And when you act this way, it makes me not even want to get it for for you. You know, and you talk to them. But then right. you say, but mommy's, a, she's sorry for yelling at you because you didn't deserve that. You address the issue, but you also apologize to them. And that's what anything that we do. When somebody mistreats us, when somebody does something, we have to address that issue because that right. is an issue. Now, the way you deliver it, if you deliver it the incorrect way, apologize for that, but still address the issue. And that's giving yeah. you your power back in two ways. It's helping you to understand that you realize that you're that you are human and you mess up. And when you mess up, you make it right by apologizing. But it's also giving you your voice back, but not allowing somebody to run over you or mistreat you or, you know, in a negative way, you address that so it won't happen again. And that and way you keep your slate clean. You know, right. you kind of keep your slate clean and you keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I think about times if I had not apologized, it, then I have to defend that in my head, why that was okay. So then I spend more energy thinking about why I was right to do what I did, which clearly tells me that I wasn't right to do what I did if I had to think that hard about it. So it's important. It You know, mm -hmm. it really is. It's important to keep clean and to keep moving forward in the best way possible. Yes, and I absolutely. Think it's great that you were able to do that and kind of restore someone's day or actually make it better probably than before the incident happened. Yeah, but I and the the thing about it is there was a time where it happened to me. I was working in the doctor's office in the office briefly. Ooh. And this patient came in and she was very nasty towards me and you know, people would think that me choosing not to say anything or engage with her is a sign of weakness. It wasn't. That was a sign of strength because she was so nasty to me and I did not like go back at her the way she treated me. And when right. she was finished her everything and I said, okay, ma'am. All right. Thank you. And go ahead and have a seat and I'll let them know. She went back. She, she saw the doctor. She left. But what she did was she came back and she had worked, she worked at a dental office. She came back with a bag full of toothbrushes, toothpaste, floss, all kinds of things. And she gave it to me and she said, I am so sorry for the way that I treated you when you came in. She was like, I was having a bad day. I was running late to my appointment and I am so sorry for the way that I talked to you and I treated you. And I said, thank you so much. And I took it. 
I took the bag because she was nasty towards me. But I did, you know, I did accept her apology. And I said to her, I said, you know what? We all have bad days. We're human. You know, we run late. I get it. I got it. But what it taught me when I look back on that situation, I said, there are times when you do need to be quiet. And it's not a bad thing. It's okay to be silenced. And sometimes God will need to fight your battles for you, you know, and me not saying anything. But it also helped her to understand when she looked back at it, hopefully she'll say, you know, I was nasty to her, but she wasn't not, she was not nasty to me at all. And I probably deserved it, you know, so she learned something that day as well as I did. Love it. And what I do with my voice is I, I make sure that if I choose not to talk, I ask myself, why aren't you saying anything? Are you saying it? Are you not saying anything out of fear? Mm-hmm. Why are you not talking? And then it was one of those situations that is it's no need to because the person is not going to receive what I have to say because they're angry. This may be a situation. Just yep. be quiet. And then you have to come back when they calm and address it. You know, like you get in an argument with your husband. Sometimes, you know, and we do lose our voices with our husbands, but this is the key. Sometimes choosing to be quiet is one of those things where you say you can do it this way. I'm not going to say anything just to keep the peace and you never address the issue. Or you can say, I'm not going to say anything right now because he's angry. He's mad. If I say anything, it's going to be a full blown argument. I don't feel like doing that. I'm going to wait till he's cool, calm and collected. And then I'm going to come back and going to address it. That's the way you're empowering your voice. You're using it in a positive way. But when you don't use it and you just say nothing to keep the peace, you're losing your voice. So you have to make sure you go and you just question yourself. Why didn't I say anything? Why didn't I address this? No, I need to go back and address this. So, you know, your voice is so powerful. It can be used in so many good ways. I don't want people to lose it, especially women. We we don't just do it just to keep the peace. I don't feel like doing this. I'm not going to say anything. You're teaching people how to treat you. Right. That is true. It is true. And speaking of, just a question. Did your father ever know that he impacted you in this way? That it was kind of started there. Did you ever have that conversation? What happened was, um, because I'm a storyteller, I always use stories, and I use stories in my um, with my business. I'm always sure. sharing stories with my clients. I'm always sharing stories because people will remember stories over facts. Right. And someone asked me this, and this story came to me, and I was like. That's the day. My dad was um we it was some something that happened between him and my mom. And um my dad came and picked up me and my siblings and we went to his um uh, his house and I was sitting there quietly like I normally would be, just you know, just trying not to get in trouble, trying to keep him from yelling at me one day. And he came towards me and I put my hands up as in a protective mode, thinking that he was going to like yell at me or hit me. And at that moment, my dad realized that I was afraid of him. He didn't know that I was afraid of him. He didn't realize that me not talking was out of fear and protection. That was the day that he realized that. And he, he said, come to come with me. And so we went in the bathroom and I am scared. I'm like, he is going to lay me out or whatever. That's not what happened. My dad, he started to cry. Wow. He said, oh my God, my child is afraid of me. 
she's scared of me. And I mean, he was so upset. It was kind of like that moment that I had at the bleachers when God shut down, you know, you actually saw yourself. He saw the fear that I had. And then I got scared because now I have this grown man, my dad standing up here crying. So I stopped crying and I started to apologize. You know, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. He was like, you don't have to apologize to me. You don't have to be afraid of me. You don't have to be afraid of me. And I'm not saying that that moment changed because my dad still had those issues and everything. But that was the point where he realized that his daughter was afraid of him. And it took some years. It took some time for us. We had our ups and downs and all that because he was still a yeller. You know, I'm still gaining my voice back. I'm having to do some forgiving and some heart work and I'm having to do all that. But we finally got to a point in our relationship that I said, okay, in order for us to have a relationship, he's got to stop yelling at me. So I'm like, you got to stop yelling at me. You can talk to me. It's okay. I can hear. I'm not deaf. You don't have to yell. You can get your point across without yelling, you know? And then I've also learned that my dad has triggers and certain things will set him off. So if we're going down a road where I know a trigger is, I season my words and I figure out how to say it in a way that he'll receive it and not going in defense to start yelling. So, but it took time for me to get there. Sure. So yeah, he did find out through that, that I was afraid of him. Yeah. I think that's beautiful because he cared and not all parents would. So I feel like that is a wonderful outcome and a part of your story. Mm -hmm. Speaking of story, where can listeners or viewers, if we're on YouTube, learn more about how to connect with you and your business so that they can find their voice in business. Yes, I want you to. So in, if you're curious about the podcast, you can go to Miss V the Storyteller podcast on um, YouTube because I have a YouTube channel and you can just watch you know, okay. the videos or you can listen on Spotify, Apple or Google. And it's the same Miss V the Storyteller. But you can on um, podcast, but you can also go to my website, which is MissVTheStoryteller.co. That's C-O dot co and my website. So if you want, it'll tell you about the one-on-one classes that I, I mean, the online classes that I do. It'll also share with you if you want to be a client, if you need me to coach you and to help you. I have one-on-one clients that I do. I also, it has my email address. Just email me and I will get back with you. I will let you know when the classes are. They're always on my website. So you can go to my website or, and they are all Miss V the Storyteller. Love it. Thank you so much. This has been a huge pleasure and a great end of my interviewing day. And I so (laughs) thank you. I really am so glad that we connected together today. Thanks so much. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share because it's my life's passion to help us, especially women, to get our voices back and to also use our stories to help and empower other women. I think that's fantastic. You're doing a great work. Appreciate you. you. So much.
proud member of the Podnuga Network.